you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. And hello, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Radio. We're so glad you're here with us today. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host. He's our founder at Rocket Sports Media and also our editor-in-chief, and that is Rick Stevens. How are you today? It's September 15th. It's the middle of September. The, do you say the Ides of September? Is that it's only, the Ides of only for March? <laughs> uh, this year, I think, yes. Yeah, it could be any In month, 2020, right? I think every day is the Ides of, it's the Something, Ides of 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Permanently. How are you? Good. Okay, nice to see you. <laughs> and uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's 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 mid-September. We're getting some fall temperatures. Uh, we're one game away, or potentially one game away from the Stanley Cup final. Things are moving on here. A couple weeks away from a draft. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Greg Carey from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms tweeted earlier this week. Um, I'm sh- normally training camp has started already. Yeah. He's like, this is weird. <laughs> it is. It's re- because, I mean, hockey folks, whether you're players or you're, you, you work in hockey or you're in the media, you have, a, you have a clock, a calendar, an internal calendar. And September is supposed to be rookie tournaments, training camp, preseason. And ain't got none of it. And, uh, you know, for all of those, there are some NHL owners out there that are kind of pondering, uh, gee, should we do this, this schedule or, or maybe a schedule that starts in January permanently? I, I, yeah, no, we know the answer to that. No, we just, this isn't, this isn't, we'll we'll, we'll do it for this year because we have to. I'd like to reclaim my summer, please. Yeah. Although I am enjoying the, it was in the forties here this morning lovely you can just you can feel fall in the air and i'm i'm here for it it's like seven eight celsius sure (laughs) (laughs) you can talk to the people north of the border i'll talk to the people south of the border (laughs) well we have a great show for you today um lots to discuss um pretty lots of news uh to, to bring you. We have some things to to kind of analyze as well, but lots of news to bring you today. And of course, in our first segment, uh, we're going to, we're going to now, now that both the Canadians and the Flyers are out of, out of the playoff contention, uh, we're going to return to our, our traditional format on the show, which means that our first segment will be devoted to all uh, Canadians and Flyers news uh, in the first segment. Uh, so in that, we're going to talk about some contracts that have uh, been signed. 
uh, some trades that have been made, uh, as well as kind of, um, you know, the, the flyers are just now, they're, they're taking their time with it, but just now starting to get around to some of their post-mortem uh, media availabilities. So we're going to talk about that as well. Then in the second segment, we go around the AHL, uh, and we have some news there for you as well. Uh, some new head coaching news uh, in the AHL. We've got some new affiliations to talk about, uh, as well as a kind of like a little mini where are they now, uh, a familiar name. We always, anytime that uh, that there's a player who spend any kind of significant time with one of either the Canadians or the, or the Flyers um, organization, uh, when they make moves and sign new contracts, we like to tell you and update you about that. So we, we don't forget. We don't forget them. Uh, and then finally, in our third segment, we go beyond the AHL. Uh, we've got a couple of... Uh, Again, in the same vein of keeping you up to date on former players, we have two former players who've uh, announced, uh, it's been announced where they'll be playing next year that's outside of the AHL, as well as uh, some Division One collegiate hockey news. And of course, it wouldn't be the end of a show without a feel-good finale. Mm-hmm. It'll bring out your inner Oompa Loompa. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oompa Loompa. I wish I, I could just cue. I wish I could cue up the Oompa Loompa song. I'm not going to sing it. I would not. That is one song I would not. I, I, I wouldn't subject any of you to that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. A lot to talk about today. You know what? What? I have to um, say happy birthday to one of our regular listeners was her birthday last week. Well, I was going to say belated. Yeah, belated. Well, it was between episodes, right? It's the be- well, and and naturally there should be at least a minimum, Dr. J, if you're listening, there should be a minimum of a one week celebration. Of course. So, we expect that that's been happening. So, very happy birthday to regular listener, former Rocket Sports uh contributor Kathy. Kathy Chectacular. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Happy bir- You're going to sing this? No. Okay. I won't. That would not be a gift. <laughs> <laughs> that would, she would not call me her friend anymore because it would not be a gift. Um, give me a couple glasses of wine and then I would sing it. But All right. But yeah. <clears throat> Keep that in mind for next and week. And I think she probably had a couple of glasses. Of, I wished her a happy birthday on her birthday and it seemed like she had a pretty relaxing day so nice. yeah so happy birthday to her well she deserves it she does she's a big fan of the national day well then she could celebrate today i know it's not her birthday today but um she could continue the celebration with uh creme de menthe no i wouldn't wish that okay, on anybody no. either i'm so sorry <laughs> national creme de menthe nas- thing. no nobody needs that no no well, fortunately, we have a plan B. Um, it is National Cheese Toast Day. Okay, I can mo- I can morph that into grilled cheese, and I'll eat a grilled cheese. Or I'm hungry. Fifteenth of September is also National Double Cheeseburger Day. What? Mm-hmm. Well, where are you? Where? Hello. Get to a five guys. Why didn't you bring? Why didn't you bring cheeseburgers for everybody? Double cheese. Still hibernating. Oh, okay. All right. Well, 
We hope you out there are enjoying some double cheeseburgers today and not any creme de menthe. Um, but for now, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers. We're actually going to start with the Canadiens. Boy, howdy. Are they busy? I don't know if it's good busy, but they're busy. <laughs> busy. Um, Mr. Trades Are Hard himself, Mark Bergevin, back at it again. Uh, acquiring Joel Edmondson from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for, uh, you know, a fifth round pick this year. Um, yeah, sort of. Sort of. So, um, sort of. <laughs> Actually didn't acquire Joel Edmondson. Well, no, acquired his signing rights. His rights. That's, that's yeah. correct. Because he is a, a pending um, unrestricted free agent. So all of this does is give um, uh, Mark Bergevin a couple of weeks of exclusive negotiating rights to try and get him signed to um, uh, uh, a contract. Um, we'll see. I, I mean, we don't know. It, maybe the Canadians uh, have an idea that uh, they can they can seduce him in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but he's just as liable to um, to say no. I'll I'll take my chances with the market. So first, I'll ask Rick this question, and then I'm going to pose the same question to all of you listening and and tweet to us at the AHL Report with your answers. What do you think of this trade? Is it worth giving up a fifth round pick for the possibility of perhaps getting a Joel Edmondson? On the back yeah, end. This is this is not a fifth round pick for the player. It's a fifth round pick for the opportunity to talk to the player. Right. That's all it is. So it's it's uh, you know as a, a a steep price. Um, I I I can't imagine that conversation <laughs> was was very long. Um, Mark Bergevin, um, you know, called up the Carolina. Hurricanes and said, "I'll give you a fifth round pick for a player you don't own anymore." And they'd say, "Yeah, that's that's it's yeah, free. we're fine, we're fine, <laughs> we're fine with that." Uh, you know, there's an equal chance, I suppose, that he could uh, re-sign with Carolina and and they get a pick out of it as well. Now, I, I think that looking would be, I think looking that would be at wonderful looking at their yeah, uh, Mike Rashel said that he <laughs> did, and I yeah, laughed yeah, very it was, heartily. <laughs> it was payback for the for, for the offer sheet. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, looking at at Carolina's roster, I, I you know they they have they have a good uh, back end, so I I don't think that uh, they'll miss uh, Edmondson. Um, he was kind of their you know their their guy who could be fitted in uh, wherever they needed him. Canadians played them three times, um, and Edmonton played on the first pair, the second pair, and the third pair. Um, and so, you know, October 9th at 12 p.m., we'll see if um, that's that's free, agents, free agency day, uh, free agent frenzy day. Uh, we'll see if Joel Edmondson is a Montreal Canadian. And, and I guess more importantly is, is this the guy that the Canadians need? And, um, you know, he fits that mold. We've heard uh, 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 Claude Julien use the term big heavy. And uh, even Trevor Timmons, um, you know, overheard at the draft, we'll get you some big heavy, don't worry, uh, Claude. Um, and so this fits that. Uh, he's a stay-at-home defenseman, has trouble moving the puck. 
but is a lot like uh, Sherrod, a lot like Weber in that respect. Uh, but are the Canadians boxing them in themselves in uh, to uh, too many, one too many uh, stay-at-home defensemen and not enough puck movers? Um, we don't know. Um, but uh, as far as the first pairing uh, left-handed defenseman that uh, most fans were expecting would be signed in this offseason and last offseason, uh, that just hasn't be, been the case, uh, and it's kind of more of the same. And, you know, we said multiple times last year uh, that once again, last summer, it was absolutely on Bergevin's to-do list to get that, that left-handed D. He didn't get it. He then admitted earlier in this season, I, I, I didn't make that happen and that and I should have. And so with full- all due respect to, <laughs> to uh, Ben Schrott. Ben did, yeah. Um, but now you've got potentially Edmondson. I mean, how many move, how many big moves is he going to make on the blue line? Um, if he thinks that this is a substitute for for a, a strong left-handed defenseman, um, I think he'll. Well, be- he can't make too many moves. He doesn't have the money to do it. You know, that, that's beside uh, all of Twitter saying that, that the Canadians have tons of cap room. They don't. They don't. Um, Twelve point nine currently. Um, Twelve point nine million. If they spend the the um, the eighty-one five, the maximum cap, the cap limit. And they haven't done that for five years, and they haven't even been close. So, yeah. um, the the twelve nine um, that doesn't that that would have to also include not included in there are Edmund a salary for Edmondson. He made uh, about three million dollars uh, last year. Doesn't include uh, Max Domi. Doesn't include Victor Meta. Um, doesn't include some of the young guys that uh, may make the lineup, like Paling or Evans. Um, it, it doesn't include maybe the, those extra spots, uh, on defense, whether it be Juleson or, or Ouellette. Um, so there's not a lot of money. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of money, uh, left over them for, uh, Mark Bergevin to make a big splash unless he starts moving pieces like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, Max Domi, Domi yeah. um, you know, do, and and he'll have to do something with Carl Olsner as well. It's a good thing he's spending $4 million on Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Uh, well, the uh, the organization, while that was the, the big move, I'm putting that in air quotes, uh, that Mark Bergevin made uh, recently, uh, Laval has been busy. Uh, so essentially that's Mark Bergevin being busy there as well. Um Laval has signed three contracts in the past week. Uh, first up, we've got a a new, a renewed contract for uh, forward Kevin Lynch, uh, played in 54 games for the Rocket uh, this past season, had seven goals and 14 assists. Um, he's played for Laval, Syracuse, and and Manitoba. Um, and uh, you know, we Rick, we could we can analyze this signing in two ways. One, as Kevin Lynch as a decent AHL forward, which he is, um, and then Kevin Lynch in terms of do you need to sign another guy like Kevin Lynch when you've got prospects in the pipeline? Um, 
I'll let you answer that in a second after I also comment on the fact that just today it's been announced that the Rocket have signed um, one-year two-way contracts, AHL contracts, for two uh, Quebecois forwards, uh, uh, sorry, players. One is a forward, Pascal Aquin. Aquin? I actually, this is is very rare that I don't, I'm not 100% positive on a pronunciation. At Kathy, if you're listening, King. I asked for some assistance on this. But, uh, and defenseman Toby Bisson. Um, Aquin uh, is from Quebec. He had three goals and two assists in the 16 games that he played with Rochester Americans last year. He's a six foot two, 200 pound winger. Uh, played 43 games in the ECHL with the Cincinnati Cyclones uh, last season. Uh, he also has played in the queue with uh, Gatineau, Shawinigan, uh, Charlottetown. Um, Besson, the defenseman, is also uh, from Quebec, from Rosemere. Uh, he skated in 62 games with the Cincinnati Cyclones as well last year. So they're both from the Cincinnati Cyclones. Um, he's a six foot three, 194 pound defenseman uh, with a little bit of uh, uh, offensive upside. He had eight goals and 14 assists uh, this past season. Um, and he also played four seasons in the queue before he headed to the ECHL. He was with uh, Baycomo, Cape Breton, and Blaineville Boys Brown. Uh, so, Rick, you've got Kevin Lynch getting signed again, and now you've got um, another forward and another defenseman added to the Laval Rocket tally. And so, again, we can talk about the merits of, of signing like signings like these purely on a hockey standpoint and what it could do for an AHL team. But remind me again, don't I, a, we've got prospects and B, I feel like there's been a lot of contracts signed already. So it's getting a little crowded. I think, I think, I think it is. Uh, first of all, with, uh, the two, uh, one year, uh, contracts that were signed today, Pascal Akin, Toby Bisson. Um, if they play with the Laval, if they play with Laval uh, this season, I will be shocked, absolutely shocked. Uh, they're ECHL players, both of them. Okay. Um, Bisson has played one game in the AHL in his life, um, and 132 games uh, of his pro career in the ECHL. Okay. Um, yes, he has, he has an Armada connection. And, uh, so you got to bring in the Armada, uh, folks, um, lost one last week. Yevpilov went to Germany, uh, mm-hmm. former Armada. That's right. Connect- so you got to bring in another one. Um, and, uh, Pascal Akin, uh, 17 games lifetime in the AHL, 111 in the ECHL. Um, so I, again, this is, this is ECHL building and, and hopefully the Trois-Rivières thing gets, uh, gets launched and, and on the way. But even with that, typically, um, a, uh, an AHL team will, will put four or five players and a goaltender in, in their ECHL affiliate. Um, we might have more than that already. Um, uh, I don't know if they're trying to staff the whole team or or not, uh, which brings us back to Kevin Lynch. And as you said, uh, he's he's a decent um, AHL tweener. He has yeah. he has 
208 games in the AHL, 175 games in the ECHL. He's he's on the cusp, uh, but he was a real fa- The problem is he became a real favorite for Joel Bouchard, likes the lunch bucket guys, uh, and would put him out there in every situation, particularly to take important face-offs, and that took opportunities away from uh, prospects who are there to learn uh, to be in those situations. Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Joel Bouchard liked to use Kevin Lynch, and uh, Kevin Lynch is 29 years old. He's not a prospect. He isn't going anywhere. Uh, the the AHL is his is his pinnacle. Um, so, and and as you said, when you have Kevin Lynch, and you also have Alex Belzeal and Laurent Dufan and and Blandisi and Sturz and Lucini and and uh, Yannick <laughs> Veille even, um, as much as we like Yannick Veille, um, Sam Vigno, uh, Pascal Akin, the, who we, we just mentioned, th- those are all um, signed to AHL deals who, they, they aren't prospects. Who was the other one you mentioned earlier? Shuneman? Oh, who's a, a defenseman. A defenseman. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Nathaniel Helbert, uh, Corey Schooneman, um, these, these are, they're not, they're not prospects. And, and, uh, in, with respect to the forwards, when you have maybe Paling will spend some time down there, probably Lucas Vedemo, uh, Jesse Yelonen, Cam Hillis, Joel mm-hmm. Teasdale, Raphael Harvey Pinard, uh, Liam Howell, those, those players need minutes. They need opportunities. They need to be in all kinds of situations, uh, and yes, you need to surround them with uh, a few AHL veterans, um, but you can't have so many that they're taking away um, critical opportunities where learning needs to happen. Absolutely. Uh, so it will be very curious to see how this plays out. Uh, as we've said in past weeks, the situation with the AHL season is going to be one of the most uh, fluid news stories that we that we cover. Um, the, the AHL and the ECHL, as a reminder, have a soft target date of December 4th to begin the 2021 season. Um, that, of course, is has to all be in coordination with what the NHL is going to do. Uh, Bill Daly and so forth have been making noises that December doesn't look like it's going to happen, or not even uh, perhaps for the NHL. Um, and so if that happens, then the AHL gets pushed back potentially, uh, or it gets completely overhauled for this next season, depending on whether or not um, there can be fans in the buildings. Uh, the Canadian U.S. border is another issue, uh, particularly now for the Phantoms, it's one thing. Uh, for the Phantoms, and we'll get, you know, we're going to talk about the Flyers here in a minute, but for the Phantoms, it's one thing. If 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 there can't be any uh, cross-border travel, um, the Phantoms have a decent amount of teams that are in a couple of hours driving distance. The, the, the Pennsylvania Trio, Wilkes-Barre, Hershey, Lehigh Valley, um, Binghamton's just two hours up the road from, from the Lehigh Valley. Uh, Bridgeport is about three hours, as is Syracuse. So, so there's... There's ability to have, you know, travel there. On the north side of the border, however, it's a, it's a it's a concern for Laval. There aren't very many Canadian AHL teams. I believe there's only four. Uh, Belleville, Toronto, Laval, and Manitoba. 
So it's going to be dicey uh, when we when we see how things are going to play out for the AHL. And so we're we're just kind of reminding you of these things when we talk about all of these signings there are certain signings that maybe you'll get excited about and if you follow junior hockey in the queue maybe you're excited about either of these two signings for today but keep in mind there are a lot of logistics at play for the AHL season upcoming and whatever the AHL looks like this coming season a priority has to be put on prospects and development that's kind of my soapbox on that no, I, and yeah, we've talked about this many, many times. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I, you know, you heard me uh, last year uh, as we, we discussed games week to week, you heard me complain about Kevin Lynch. And I have nothing against Kevin Lynch. No. Nothing at all. Uh, but he took away opportunities from Ryan Paling. We're going to talk about uh, Joel Bouchard. Why, you know, lots of people after the Canadians exited, um, e- even while they, they were in the playoffs, said, where's Ryan Paling? Why isn't Ryan Paling playing? Mm-hmm. Ryan Paling certainly could be playing on the fourth line ahead of Belzeal, ahead of Weiss. Um, other teams are doing it. Why isn't Ryan Paling there? And I put the blame solely on Joel Bouchard. Uh, and it's the way uh, Ryan Paling the, the, was mishandled last season didn't get the opportunities that he should have, wasn't as engaged as he should have been. Um, you know, it was a disappointment. Ryan Paling, let's be honest, he expected to make the, the Canadians lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had the injury and missed time. Um, and, uh, uh, and that wasn't his fault. And, and you know, with, with at the time, uh, Ryan Paling looked more NHL ready than Nick Suzuki did, he did. Uh, at the training camp, but then ran into the concussion, went to to um, uh, Laval and 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 maybe wasn't treated well, didn't respond well, and uh, then we saw him on the third line. We saw him playing the wing. We saw him pulled off the out of the faceoff circle, and he had a rough year. He did really had a rough year, and then when he went went back, it was. Uh, and he said, I, I, you know, I, I, I had a tough year. I had to deal with that. I had to, to get my mind, uh, mindset back. Um, and so maybe he didn't train like he, he, uh, would have normally, whatever it was, whatever the reason, um, that was, uh, up to Joel Bouchard to get Ryan Paling engaged last year and, and help him develop. And he, he absolutely could have been ready for, uh, the playoffs for the Canadians, um, and that's that's why the Canadians continue to to uh, have difficulty transitioning their their prospects from the AHL. They do, uh, and as you said, we are going to talk about Joel Bouchard in just a second. Uh, before that, just one one announcement. You know, we talked last week about how um, you know continually we were seeing lots and lots of players being put on loan to European teams so that they can get their season started earlier and get some conditioning and ice time and so forth. Uh, The Canadians have added to their tally on that this week, uh, announcing the loan of Hayden Verbeek to the Banska Bistrika HCO5 in the Extraliga for the start of the 2021 season. So I believe that is the third Canadians player who has been loaned uh, to a European league um, starting the season overseas. Um, but back to Joel Bouchard. Um, 
Laval hosts an annual blood drive, and they did that on Friday, this past Friday, um, socially distanced uh, blood drive. And of course, um, the Laval Rocket coaches were there and a couple of players were there as well. Um, and so Joel Bouchard was available to the media. And um, there's an article, I saw it in the Gazette. I think, Rick, you saw you saw it in on TVR or something, or one of the French outlets. Um, but the gist of it is that... Um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a bizarre article or, or a bizarre line of questioning, I guess, from the reporters or so forth, but it, it centers around Joel Bouchard talking about how, uh, you know, in light of Claude Julien's uh, health concerns and, and his heart issues during the playoffs, talking about how coaching the Laval Rocket Yes, it's, yes, being a coach is stressful, but it's a positive kind of stress, not a negative kind of stress. Um, and it was, and, and it's, the article really focuses on that. He's, he talks a lot about, um, you know, how he's taking stock of his own health after Claude Julian uh, had his health scare. And that uh, he says, you know, the coaches aren't the only people that have stress, but I don't see coaching as negative stress. You know, there's responsibility, but, but you make sure you're right and you stay healthy, which everybody does. Um, and he basically says it's, it's not, he, he calls it a, a positive stress. He says, you know, does it mean you're emotional, not emotionally involved? Well, no, you like it and it's passionate. If, if coaching's a negative stress, then you shouldn't do it. Um, Rick, I just, I just found the whole article to be, I, I thought, why are we writing? I mean, it's fine to get like a comment about it, but to, to, I don't know. I don't know why this was like the center of topic about what kind of stress coaching a hockey team is. It was a puff piece and it was dumb. And <laughs> no, yeah. honestly, um, uh, what, what, what bothers me is that, uh, the reason it, it all comes out and is focused on, on the emotions of, uh, the head coach of the Laval Rocket is that Joel Bouchard makes everything about himself. Um, everything is 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 about the way it affects him. Um, he needs to grow up. He needs to learn to that he's in the pros and and uh, learns needs to learn how to be a, a pro coach. He's had time off since March. Uh, to help with that, he's he's been an utter failure the first two years. The, the Laval Rocket, with uh, tons of extra talent uh, injected into the lineup, have missed the playoffs. Seventeenth uh, this past season. Um, it, it's it's time he focuses on the job at hand, uh, teaching and developing players, and helping uh, that that franchise in Laval uh, be successful on the ice. The only thing that I pulled out towards the end of the article when he actually uh, started to discuss what he thinks is going to happen for the upcoming season and so forth, you'll remember when when the when the AHL canceled its season, the NHL went into its pause. Joel Bouchard had some comments talking about how um, what his messaging was to his players that you should be spending this time getting yourself in the best condition you could saying something to the effect of, you know, there's no reason, you know, you should be coming back with a six pack of abs. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And he doubled down on that again uh, on, on Friday at this media availability. Get out in your garage. That's right. He says, what are you doing when someone else is doing push-ups in their garage? Success is not a magic trick. Um, hopefully he's giving, hopefully this is just silly, inane comments for the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully the, the players are getting uh, more specific, uh, directed advice about how they can improve their game rather than go do some push-ups in the garage. Because uh, that's, again, <laughs> that's dumb. And, and I should say, th- this event is wonderful. It's a wonderful it event, it and is. I'm I'm thrilled that they continued it um, even during the the difficult times of the pandemic. Uh, but the whole interview uh, that that and the the topics and the discussion uh, that came out of it uh, were just dumb. I would have to agree with you. Cut. Well, yeah. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> We're actually going to switch uh, switch gears now and, and just uh, mention a few things on the Flyers side. Uh, did not get a chance to officially congratulate Sean Couturier on winning the Selkie Trophy this year. Um, and Rick, if anyone had any notions that it was going to be a close race that maybe Phil Deneau <laughs> might really sneak in, it wasn't even close. Like, by a landslide, Sean Couturier. Absolutely. 117 first-place votes. And let's be honest, uh, uh, whoever designed this voting system wasn't uh, a mathematician (laughs) because it's just meant so that the consolation prizes look good. Uh, But but all that matters are the first-place votes. 117 first-place votes for Sean Couturier. 21 for Patrice Bergeron, the the distance, uh, the player in distance second. 11 first place votes for Ryan O'Reilly in third. Um, now, uh, Phil Deneau garnered the most fifth place uh, oh. votes on on the ballot, so that in order to get him a mention, but mm-hmm. he only got one first place vote, uh, as did Brad Marchand, Brayton Point, Nick Benino. Austin Matthews even, Artemi Panarin. Um, so uh, Phil Deneau tied with uh, all of those folks with one first place vote, 117 go to Sean Couturier, the clear winner. And if you just need a reminder as to why he was such the clear cut winner and and deserving of this honor this year, in 69 games for the Flyers this season, he had 22 goals, 37 assists, was plus 21 uh, which led him, which led the Flyers and tied him for 10th among all NHL forwards. Had a faceoff win percentage of 59.6%, which led the NHL this season among uh, players who took at least 50 face-offs, faceoffs and won his second consecutive Bobby Clark trophy as the team's MVP. So, congratulations to Sean Couturier. Very much deserved. Uh, kind of a bright, a little bit of a bright. Light after the Flyers' elimination was Couturier being named uh, the Selkie winner, and I have to say for the Jack Adams, uh, Elaine Vi- now in a close in a cl- much closer race, Elaine Vigneault came in a very close second to Bruce Cassidy, um, and so I think a lot of credit needs to go to Elaine Vigneault for what he did with the Flyers' organization this year, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the the voting results definitely reflect uh, that he has the respect of a lot of people around the league for what he's done behind the bench this year. 
other than the Canadians fans who <laughs> still pissed at him for things that he said during the season, or this, uh, the uh, playoff series. But um, other than that, he, he had respect for what uh, he, the, where he got the Flyers. I'm bookmarking every single one of the negative comments about Alain Vigneault from Canadians fans and media from this season. And the next time that the Canadians need a head coach, and we all know that the Frank of the French speaking coaching pool is very I'm gonna see how many of those same people are pumping Elaine Vigneault's tires, how long that memory lasts. It'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting. Of course, um, now uh, Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault and some players are are starting to uh, kind of get through their their media exit interviews. Um, I actually appreciate the fact that Fletcher and Vigneault have taken a good length of time for their own reflection uh, before meeting with the media. Uh, it's been over a week. Um, Starting with uh, Vigneault, um, just want to touch on briefly a couple of things that he discussed. Uh, he Now, he has not had his one-on-one player exit interviews yet. Uh, that's kind of next on the list for him. And, and we know from things that he said that he's going to discuss with every single player what happened during that Game 7 that the performance was so abysmal from top to bottom. Um, but... The the one thing that he did discuss, um, which I thought was rather interesting, uh, was the fact that he's talking, he really started to talk about there are very important players in our lineup who are not as young as they used to be, a.k.a. Giroux, Voracek, James Van Riemsdyk, um, and that these guys need to reevaluate how they condition themselves. Um, he's speaking specifically about Giroux. Uh, he said, quote, there should be no doubt in anyone's mind about his will to be successful and his will to help his teammates. I do agree that he's getting older. He's got an opportunity right now, since we're in a pause, the whole world is in a pause, to take these next months and really work at his conditioning and probably find the time to slow time. He's getting older, and as you get older, the muscles don't react as quickly, but you can work on that. Um, so there's an instance, Rick, where where that's more of a, well, it's not a specific guidance on, on how to do that. It's a specific assignment for Claude Giroux, not just go do push-ups, but you need to reevaluate how you condition yourself over the next few months because your body isn't the same as it was a decade ago. Well, and... Um it's 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 uh it's it's direct it's specific yeah. it's it's uh you need to work on conditioning because we saw we didn't see um on a consistent basis every night um the kind of of effort that uh, was needed and and uh uh that maybe you've contributed in the past it's it's very honest it's very direct and but it it only leads to you know that this it was weeks ago when when we first uh, started talking about maybe it's time to uh, break up that Voracek Giroux um, leadership tandem um, and to to allow uh, the the younger players to to play a bigger role. 
And uh, this only adds fuel to the fire. Now, uh, it was put in a positive light. Listen, we, we, we respect what you've done in the past, and we hope you can get back there uh, with, some, with some work. But it's, um, it's been noticed, I think, that uh, either you're going to keep up or we're going to have to move on. Absolutely. Another thing that both Vigneault and Fletcher agreed on was was that um, a lot of goals against uh, were were kind of from cutting quarters, cutting corners defensively. In fact, Vigneault says the fact that we had quite a few guys that were pressing offensively led them to make low percentage plays, which led to turnovers, which led to us not looking as fast as we can be. And those turnovers led to good scoring opportunities to the opposition, which he thinks they did a pretty good job during the regular season of staying away from. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, We talked so much, Rick, about how frustrated the top end guys were um and we we you could see it and so yeah if you're constantly chasing the puck and you're pressing and you're pressing and you're trying to make things happen uh it means you're going to get a little lax in the defensive department and and it really killed them well it's yeah they were making uh, poor percentage decisions and uh as as they said, force uh, trying to force opportunities that that just weren't there, which led to turnovers, which led uh, to them chasing the game. Now, for Chuck Fletcher's uh, availability, the thing that I want there are a lot of things that you can take from from his uh, from his interviews, but the the one thing that I want to focus on, Rick, is goes hand in hand with what we started this segment talking about, and that was Mark Bergevin and how he's going to spend, and and what kind of contracts need to be fit into what he's got available under the cap. Uh, and we've talked before about how you know the Chuck Fletcher takes the cap situation; uh, he takes a very different approach. Um, Chuck Fletcher came straight out and said, don't expect us to be active on the free agent market. Don't expect a lot there. In fact, he says, quote, there's a lot of teams right now that don't have cap space already. The teams that do have cap space over the next three years, every one of them has some young players that are going to get raises, potentially big raises. Teams that spend money on UFAs this summer and and have young players aren't necessarily going to have any more money in year two or three. Eventually, by the time you get to year three, how much liquidity is there really going to be in the system? It's going to be tight for everybody. Does that mean prices come down on free agents? Does that encourage more hockey trades, dollar-for-dollar trades? Possibly. I think that from a logical standpoint, that could make sense, but we'll see. There's several teams worse off than we are. We're one of a group of teams that has enough room to do our business, but not a ton of room. Then there's a handful of teams that do have some room. Some of them may not even spend at the cap. Montreal, depending on the realm of their internal situations. There's not a lot of liquidity in the system at all, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, That's a much different reaction than Mark Bergevin, and and he's he's acknowledging that there are teams that are in a better cap situation, and I will say, like Montreal, than than Philly is, who aren't going to use all of that cap space. And But Fletcher lays out that there's a lot of contingencies, not just for this year, but for the next two years after that. 
And he said before that um, you probably have to rely on hockey trades. Um, and uh, so, you know, $8.9 million, I believe, is, is what uh, the Flyers have. Uh, that doesn't include uh, re-signing um, um, unrestricted free agents like Nate Thompson or Derek Grant, uh, Tyler Pitlick, uh, Justin Braun. Um, so if... if uh, Pitlick, for example, uh, if that's if he's a player that is to be returned, money will have to be taken out of that eight point nine. There's also restricted free agents like Robert Hag and Phil Myers that are going to have to be funded out of that, and uh, a backup goaltender because, uh, as we know, Brian Elliott is an unrestricted, a pending unrestricted free agent. That's right. So uh, I, I appreciated that that. Fletcher was very frank about the the cap situation. He's obviously looking at this from a big picture standpoint, not just what needs to happen for this year. Uh, So as he says, don't expect them to do a lot on the free agent market. Uh, He's got a lot of his own housekeeping to take care of, and he doesn't want to get get himself backed into a corner uh, coming up in the next two years subsequent to this this upcoming season. Uh, So it will be interesting to see uh, how all of that plays out. He says he's going to work the phones. Maybe some trades can happen. And and as you mentioned, Rick, he did talk about that, that, you know, uh, if they make moves at all, it might be in the trade market. So we know that there are some players who could potentially be on their way uh, in, a, in a deal. Um, we'll just have to see which ones those end up being. On that note, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to go around the AHL, and we've got some news for you on a new head coach who's been named, some new affiliations that have been announced, and a new contract for a former Montreal Canadiens organization player. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today.
And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report, Rocket Sports Radio. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, be sure you're following us on Twitter. Uh, We had posed a couple of questions to you uh, back there in the first segment. So the best way to answer those is to tweet us at the AHL Report. Uh, We want to know what you think of the Joel Edmondson trade. And uh, let us know what you think. If you're a Flyers fan, let us know what you think of uh, Fletcher and uh, Vigneault's comments and what you expect to see happen here in the offseason. In this segment, however, we go around the AHL and give you uh, important news that's come up over the past week in the American Hockey League. Uh, We've talked quite a bit about how um, different head coaches have been promoted. We talked uh, last week about Mike Bellucci getting the promotion from Wilkes-Barre-Scranton up to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so Wilkes-Barre-Scranton needed to announce a couple of new names this week. Now, last season, Mike Volucci served as uh, both the head coach and the general manager of the club. This coming season, that's going to be split those duties between two separate people. Uh, J.D. Forrest has been named the head coach, uh, taking over after four seasons serving as an assistant coach with the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins. Uh, And on the... General manager side of thing, Jason Carmanos will be serving as uh, the GM after uh, spending two seasons, I believe, um, three seasons. He was Pittsburgh's assistant general manager uh, since 2017. So, and coming over from Carolina, um, yeah, where Dad owned the franchise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> His son of, of Peter Carmanos. That's right. Um, so, Rick, I think I think these are these are good moves. It's Wilkesbury has a habit of promoting from within, and um, there's an interesting article on the NHL site today talking about how Wilkesbury Scranton, as their title says, has quote been a breeding ground for NHL coaches. And when you look at it and think about it. It sure has. I mean, you've got the likes of Vellucci, Todd Reardon, Mike Sullivan, um, Nasruddin, John Hines, Dan Bilesma, Todd Richards, Mike Yo, Michelle Terry. All of them have come through Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. It's pretty remarkable. And that's, well, we've said it before, that that for uh, players, uh, obviously, it's... it's uh, a preparation for the NHL, but but it goes also to uh, coaching staff, ex- hockey executives, uh, officials. Um, the AHL is uh, the stepping stone. is is where you learn what you need to learn uh, to get to for some um, the NHL. Absolutely, and it, you know it's there's some interesting quotes in this article on the NHL site. Uh, Jim Rutherford. Uh, said, quote, when we hire people there, meaning in Wilkes-Barre, we like them for that position, but we also look beyond that. Is there room for growth? Is there room for them to do more than the job they're being hired for? We always talk about that. And that was a big part of hiring Mike Sullivan in Wilkes-Barre. So, um, and and Sullivan talks about how um, that the organization as it as a whole does a very good job of developing their coaching talent and, and their front office uh, talent uh, from the AHL level up. And so um, it's pretty remarkable uh, run that they've had there. And uh, so we'll see now that means that we've got 
two new guys in a, in a head coaching and GM position. We'll see how fast uh, how fast their climb up the ladder goes. And just for extra emphasis, the article includes uh, Stanley Cups along the way for oh, yes. half of the uh, the <laughs> folks that that are pictured. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. So uh, congratulations to them. It'll be interesting to see. Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans will see plenty of uh, head coach Forrest behind the bench uh, when they take on their their turnpike rivals. Uh, we have been talking since January about the shakeup to some AHL affiliations, uh, which was kicked off when Las Vegas acquired um the oh my gosh it just went out of my head um an ahl franchise to move them to to henderson um and that kind of started the domino effect of the san antonio uh rampage rampage was who they sorry my mind just went completely blank um so the rampage was acquired by las vegas they moved the franchise to Nevada to be closer to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, so that affiliation, that that franchise just disappeared out of Texas. And then, of course, there were, since Las Vegas was affiliated with the Chicago Wolves, that meant that the Wolves were without an affiliate. And then a couple of months later, the Charlotte Checkers, it came out that Carolina wasn't interested in renewing their affiliation with Charlotte, not even a year off of Charlotte coming up, coming home with a Calder Cup championship. Uh, and so lots of speculation back and forth. But Rick, we finally have the solidified answer. And it is what uh, basic uh, predictions had been we had talked about on this show, and that is that the Chicago Wolves have entered into a three-year partnership with the Carolina Hurricanes. So now the Carolina Hurricanes AHL club will be not down the road in Charlotte. Uh, it will be in Chicago. And the Charlotte Checkers, their parent club, moves to a multi-year agreement with the Florida Panthers. Um, so it worked out the way that we kind of figured it would, but it still is odd to me. <laughs> The musical chairs have stopped for this season, yeah. and they'll they'll start up again next season. That's yeah. that's kind of the way it works. I I, I feel badly for the uh, the Carolina fans because we know we know people uh, who would go to Carolina games and also go to Charlotte Checkers games, yeah. uh, and and be a lot more difficult um, doing that where where their affiliate. Um, where the Carolina's affiliate is going to be in Chicago now. That's right. Uh, but, um, well, the, the franchises seem happy that they got the, what they wanted. And uh, if it helps them develop players, uh, all the better, I guess. And keep in mind, uh, there will be... So we've got the Henderson Silver Knights with their new affiliation with Las Vegas. Chicago now affiliated with Carolina. Uh, Charlotte now affiliated with Florida and the Seattle Kraken will have their Palm Springs affiliate um, in the mix as well. So there's going to be, add that as one more item that's completely up in the air for AHL's uh, next season. And that is what the divisions are going to look like uh, and, and how much restructuring is going to have to happen there, uh, which could, you know, we've seen this, this, 
past year particularly, and even the year before that, we're seeing more and more cross-conference play um, between the East and West Conference throughout the regular season. Will there be more of that, or or will this lead to less of that? Um, All questions that are yet to be answered. Uh, The last bit of information in this segment that we just wanted to touch on was a former name uh, going back to a team that he has already played for. Uh, Adam Cracknell spent some time in the Montreal Canadiens organization. Tremendously nice fellow, uh, very good AHL hockey player, uh, good work ethic, uh, and and with some skill as well. Uh, This is his 15th professional season. He's played 530 regular season games in the AHL. He's gone all over the place. Uh, Once he left Laval, he went to Toronto and then to the San Diego Gulls as well. Uh, But he has been signed by the Edmonton Oilers for a one-year two-way contract. So not only great for him that he has the one-year contract, but this is an NHL contract that is a that is a two-way deal, uh, not an AHL contract. So good for Adam Cracknell. Uh, he uh, continues to persevere and and be persistent, and uh, it sounds like he's looking forward to his time with the Oilers. What a full career, and uh, as you said, span the globe. Um, 52 games in the in the KHL, almost half a point a game uh, when he was there. Um, over 500 games, as you said, in the AHL, uh, 210 games in the NHL. That's right. Uh, so, um, yeah, just just and and a terrific guy. He contributes on the ice and and is a leader in the in the locker room. And uh, it was uh, our pleasure to to meet him and talk with him and and uh, and watch him uh, help guide uh, Laval when he was uh, with the, the club. Tremendous leadership role in that first inaugural season in Laval. Uh, I know Sylvain Lefebvre relied on his leadership abilities and his uh, his calm demeanor uh, and his mentoring of younger players. Uh, it's probably no coincidence that he did end up playing. Uh, for the San Diego Gulls for a short period of time, seeing as that Mm -hmm. is where Sylvain Lefebvre is now serving as an assistant coach. Uh, And so it just is a testament to Adam Cracknell's uh, abilities both on and off the ice. So we wish him the best. We are going to take one last quick break. And on the other side, we're going to go beyond the AHL update you on a couple more names that you're probably familiar with, as well as give you some news about uh, college hockey, Division I men and women's hockey. So don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. 
Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back once again to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report. Again, I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Don't forget, look for us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can also find us at the Flyers Report if you're a Flyers fan and you want to follow just Flyers news. Uh, And also this podcast has its own Twitter account at the press zone. So we hope you're following in all places, but if you're just going to follow one, make sure you're following at the AHL report. In this segment, we go beyond the AHL. We take a look at, uh, you know, all sorts of things in this segment, whether it's uh, the ECHL or junior hockey or international play, European leagues, draft prospects, so on and so forth. Uh, and so first up, we've got two more kind of, uh, peek-ins at former familiar names uh, for um, for fans. The first is Mark Barbario. Mark Barbario, a uh, 30-year-old Canadian defenseman with almost 300 NHL games under his belt, has signed for three seasons. The defenseman did. Three seasons uh, with Lausanne. Uh, so he will... He has kind of made the decision, okay, it's time for me to go to Europe, and he has signed a three-year deal with Lausanne. So that will be uh, that'll be pretty exciting for him. Yeah, just uh, 30 games over the last, 30-some-odd games over the last two seasons with Colorado. Um, so the writing was on the, the wall there, and he's chosen to extend his career uh, in Europe, and, and uh, good luck to him. Absolutely. Uh, Peter Svoboda, who is the director of hockey ops for Lausanne, uh, says, quote, we are looking forward to welcoming Mark to us. He is a player who will bring us stability and experience and it will consolidate leadership. So looking to him for some leadership as well, which is which is great. So good luck to Mark Barbario. A um, little closer to home, staying in North America, uh, former Canadians goaltending prospect Hayden Hockey signed a standard player contract for the upcoming season with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Uh, he he concluded this past season with the Swamp Rabbits, but didn't um, 
didn't actually get into a game because of the shortened season from the coronavirus. Um, he says it, hockey is, I still say Hayden hockey is a great hockey name. Of course. <laughs> hockey, hockey plays hockey. Uh, he says, quote, my time in Greenville last season was short and I didn't get to see much of the city, but I'm excited to be back. I'm excited for the opportunity with our new head coach, and I'm excited to see what we can do this year with the group we have. I've heard it's a great atmosphere, a great town, and the South Division is one of the best out there, so I want to see what I can do. Uh, so that uh, it's pretty good for the 25-year-old. He was, don't forget, he was drafted by the Canadians back in 2014. Um and I think Rick, I think that'll be a it'll be a good place for him if he can get some solid starts with Greenville this year. I think it'll be a good next step for him. Sixth round pick for the Canadians and thought to be one of those um, uh, under the radar kind of picks. He had a terrific college career uh, with Providence. Um, mm-hmm. uh, great numbers and 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 uh, leads the the Flyers uh, the Friars. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> In in a number of different goaltending all time uh, goaltending categories, and then is kind of he's kind of bounced around from the Oilers organization to the Devils, and 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 now, um, so it it um, I I hope he gets it together because he's a big goaltender, takes up a lot of the net, and uh, let's hope he gets back on track. Absolutely, uh, glowing comments from his new head coach Andrew Lord, who says, "Quote: Hayden had a great college career at Providence, and he definitely has the potential." to be a good goalie at the pro level given the opportunity he's a big goalie who reads the game well and who will never stop competing we've had some great talks with hayden and we're impressed by his character and desire to make an impact at the pro level it's good to have him on board all very good compliments uh from from the head coach so uh fingers crossed for hayden hockey that that this starts uh, a, a good chapter for him in his in his career however uh, college hockey, Division One hockey, is going to have to wait a little bit. Um, at the end of last week, the Hockey Commissioners Association, which represents the 11 Division One men's and women's hockey conferences uh, for collegiate hockey, announced that the season will be delayed because of COVID-19. This has been really up in the air. Uh, you know, NCAA, Big Ten, all of the conferences have come out with kind of conflicting uh, viewpoints on their fall athletics getting started and getting back underway. And we see how quickly some of those schools uh, back to back to school and back to, to athletics plans are unraveling a bit uh, as, you know, students are back on campus for a week and they're having to go back to virtual learning because of the number of cases that are surging. Um, and so the... Hockey Commissioners Association says, quote, uh, they're committed to uh, providing memorable experiences for our student athletes during the upcoming season. The conferences have been working together on plans to return to play with a focus on the health and safety of everyone associated within our campus communities. But due to the impact COVID-19 continues to have across the country and within higher education, the start for the Division I college hockey season will be delayed. Uh, and so they go on to say, Rick, that each conference will come out individually with an announcement on how that conference plans to um, get back into into the swing of things for their seasons. Um, but it's good to see that all of the conferences did come together to make this decision to push back the start. It's tough. Um, and and 
the the brutal uh, reality is that the coronavirus is still with us uh, and will be with us uh, for some time and and could uh, get uh, a bit worse with the uh, flu season about to start. So um, it's it's going to be difficult, and we're going to we're going to be hearing more of these kinds of announcements over the next few months. You know, and it's it it reminds me of today uh, the the football the head coach for um, the head football coach for LSU came out either today or yesterday at a press conference and announced that most of his players he doesn't have an exact number but most of the guys on his roster have contracted COVID nineteen. Not saying that they currently have it, but that they have had COVID nineteen. Um, first of all, that's alarming. Second of all, um, the whole the whole thing was kind of kind of blase in in that he's you know talking about how oh well you know we certainly hope no one has it while we're playing and uh, we don't know how long you know they say you know that there's at least a ninety day window before that they can contract it again so football season will be over by then well <laughs> like these are these are not the things that college sports should be focused on is. Uh, well, we hope our players don't get reinfected with COVID before the end of the season. Um, there's just I, so I'm I say I mention this a because it's it just came out and b I, I am grateful for the fact that the Division One college hockey season is taking things a bit more measuredly and uh, delaying the start. Well, I think we've been. Um lulled into some bit of complacency because uh, the NHL has has uh, week after week after week uh, come out with uh, zero cases, but they're playing in a bubble. And, yep. um, and we've seen that whether pro or amateur, uh, it's difficult for other leagues to do that. And, um, and it's, it's, it's not just, uh, Oh, like having the flu, you'll get it. you, uh, you get better and and it's over. We also have seen the the reports about Division one athletes having permanent cardiovascular issues resulting uh, from um, cases of of covid. So mm-hmm. uh, this is something that has to be taken very seriously and uh, and will affect um, you know uh, college hockey, uh, junior hockey and and certainly uh, the NHL at some point uh, the AHL at some point too. Absolutely. So we will uh, we'll be sure to pass along news as we hear it from each of the conferences on what their plans are uh, as as those plans come into fruition. Goodness gracious. That was a lot of news to get through this week, but we did it. Uh, we, you know, we've mentioned this before. Just because the Canadians and the Flyers are no longer in playoff contention doesn't mean that we're going anywhere. We have plenty of hockey news to cover every week. That's the great thing about the press zone. We, Yes, we do cover the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers and their affiliates and their prospects, uh, but we cover hockey in general and hockey beyond the NHL, which is, is the important part. And so um, as the Stanley Cup final approaches and starts to wind down, the next thing on the ticket is uh, free agency and the draft. Uh, and so you'll want to definitely be tuning in as we start to talk about uh, potential draftees in upcoming weeks and and who the Canadians and the Flyers in particular will want to be targeting uh, and, and some of the hot prospects up for the draft. And then uh, you know, as we've as we've seen, there is so much news happening around the world of hockey at every level in all sorts of leagues. Uh, there will be no shortage of information for you here every single week on the press zone. So don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. Um, 
So Rick, if folks want to go back and listen to our our previous episodes, or if they want to, if they like our podcast so much that they want to see what other podcasts we have available on Rocket Sports Radio and check those out as well, uh, what's the easiest way for them to do that? All the podcasts are are on uh, one site, rocketsportsradio.com. You can find every episode of Canadians Connection there. You can find every episode of this podcast, The Press Zone, there. Uh, If you're just looking uh, for The Press Zone, thepresszone.com. Looking for Canadians Connection, canadiansconnection.com. So it's easy. We make it very easy for you, and even easier if you just want to... uh, uh, use the, the 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 app that you you get your podcasts in and and search there for Canadians Connection or the Press Zone and subscribe and and the, our podcast will come directly to you. Excellent and be sure as we said to follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at the AHL Report. But if you want to reach out to Rick or myself uh, individually, you can find Rick on Twitter at allhabs at all habs and you can find me on twitter at flyers rule uh, and we always love to hear from our friends and followers and listeners and fans out there so don't hesitate to reach out if you have a question or a suggestion or uh, you come across a great hockey story or something like that that you'd like to share with us that we can pass along to others and if if you got something that's just pressing and you can't wait for oh, yeah. you know you can't wait to to get us on twitter or you, you, you need I'm, I'm this one time only this one time only i'm going to give out our rocket sports text line at 5853-ROCKET. You can text anytime. Just secret for those people who stuck with us to the end here. Wow. Yeah. 5853-ROCKET. 5853-ROCKET. Text us directly. Text us directly. Just for those people, this time only. It's a secret. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Rick mans that text line, so be sure you send him some good messages, uh, and uh, we'll we'll do our best to answer them on the air. Um, Now, of course... We have to leave you with something that's fun and uplifting. And this week's Feel Good finale, I call it Willy Wonka for real. I teased it in the first segment saying uh, it's got a little Oompa Loompa flavor. Well, if you are a fan, okay, raise your hand if you like jelly beans. Not a lot of people don't, not mm-hmm. the black. If you eat ja- black jelly beans, just get out. Just get out. We can't be friends. However, if there is a jelly bean that I will eat, is it is a jelly belly jelly bean. And those are the ones that have like 80,000 different flavors. Like you can have popcorn flavored jelly beans and grape soda and everything. So the founder of Jelly Belly is getting ready to retire. So he's decided that he's going to leave the candy industry, as they say, with a bang. And he's becoming his own Willy Wonka. He is going to go... Uh, David Klein is going to go around the U.S. hiding golden tickets attached to necklace chains in places around the U.S. where he comes across an interesting story. And then Jelly Belly will start releasing riddles to help you find these golden tickets. One will be available in each of the 50 states. Um, Each of the 50 golden tickets is redeemable for $5,000 in cash, which is nuts. Um... And then, if you join the treasure hunt, uh, you will be eligible to search for the ultimate treasure, which is the ownership deed to a candy factory in Florida and an all-expenses-paid trip to be educated in candy making at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. 
You get to own a candy factory? You get to own a candy factory. Huh. So he's like, you know, get your Oompa Loompa gear out. Willy Wonka has come to life. He's handing out golden tickets, people. This is not right. The border's closed. Oh, no. Huh. Well, the treasure hunt... Um, now, there is a cost associated with this, of course. So, to sign up for the treasure hunt, um, you have to, I think it's like 50 bucks to enter. Okay. But you pay 50 bucks, you go on the treasure hunt and try to find the golden ticket in your state um, that's worth five grand, and then you are eligible then to search for that ultimate treasure, which means you could own a candy factory. And I think that's pretty cool. So congratulations to David Klein on creating uh, or to heading up a, a tremendously fun candy company in Jelly Belly. Um, congratulations on his retirement and get those golden tickets ready. Get your treasure hunting skills out. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was one of my favorite books as a kid. Uh, and it's great to see someone kind of bringing that to life for youngsters. So hmm. pretty fun. All right. Well, we uh, will see what happens with the Islanders in Tampa Bay. Uh, they are closing in on potentially, as Rick said, potentially getting the Stanley Cup final started, uh, which Have means... Have you gotten that series? Tampa Bay. All right. Uh, which means next week we're going to talk about the results of this third round uh, in with our predictions between Rick and I. And uh, we're not going to give you any spoilers, but it's, it's, it got interesting gotten interesting so you won't want to miss that and of course we'll have plenty more uh hockey news for you next week so don't be sure uh, yeah, be sure be sure to come back don't forget to wash your hands wear your mask social distance yourself and just stay safe and stay health healthy enjoy the hockey enjoy the beginning of fall and we'll see you here next tuesday on the press zone Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.